This is Next Level, an Align Life Pro real-life case study that follows the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert, and New York Times best-selling author, Michael Linton, as they guide me, Mike Andolfo, a small business owner, on a journey to triple my business. We invite you to join us so that we can all learn to become better leaders that know how to work on their business and not just in their business. All right, welcome to another episode of Next Level, the real-life case study by the Align Life Pro, where we try to triple the uh, business of my business, Mike Andolfo's business, and uh, guided, as always, by New York Times bestselling author Michael Lennington and the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert. And uh, we have a, another special guest. She was with us last episode. She's going to be with us this one because she has a little expertise in this area. Uh, Christy Davis is here with us. So, Christy, how are you? I'm good. Glad good. to be here again. So, Kristen, what are we going to discuss today? Your recruiting plan. Okay. Or lack thereof. <sighs> See, it's not necessarily true. It might be lack thereof of following it, but there is a plan. So, Is it actually, between your ears or is it written down? Um, it is written down somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Ah, that's and are you blocking time for it? Well, that's not happening though. That's yeah. The time, the time blocking has been a, the struggle. You know, again, we kind of said this in the last episode, just from the survival mode. Like you feel like you're constantly reacting, and you just got to be available because I don't want the. Uh, we we had another person in our network who's kind of going through some hiring challenges as well. And he had a couple team members leave, I guess, because it was um, the lack of structure, I guess, or they felt like it was a little too chaotic. Of course, if you're in real estate, there's always going to be chaos. Like you've got to, you better embrace the chaos. Like there's not, you know. So maybe that was good for him that they lost yeah. those people. But at the same time, like I want to, I want to keep, especially with our agents having so much momentum, I want to keep a, a certain groundwork, and that has required for us to be a little more reactive than we want to be. So. Um, but yeah, go ahead. That's, those thought, are all excuses, right, Kristen? Well, Kristen's nodding her head. You can't see. They cannot hear you <laughs> nod your head unless you're Michael over there where there's an actual rattle. Um, <laughs> no, that was mean. That was yes. mean. Yes, so, so lots of red you flags me, in this I got, a, I got a question. I'm going to ask a question. That's all right? Yeah. Where's, just, where's, and by the way, Michael's one of the smartest people I know. That's, so that's, yeah. Oh, here we go. Buttering me up before we go for this. Where's the interruption coin? People are missing that. Oh, oh dang. Right, I didn't yeah. bring it. And now I forgot what I was going to say because Boomer can only hold a thought for about four seconds and then it goes away and you guys know that. No, it's just on the plan that's between your ears or in a vault somewhere yeah. that you've gotten written down. Um, I did I did actually forget my question, but I'm going to come back to that because when I remember it, I'll, I'll ask you. It was a good question, too. Boomer the goldfish. Yes. So. Yeah. It's like, what were we talking about? <laughs> I want to call you Dory so badly. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> just keep swimming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the abuse. So, yeah, we've got to get from, I've got these ideas. Yeah. I've sketched it out on paper somewhere. We've got to get to a formalized plan yep. that you have measurable tactics. Dory's back. I just remembered. Go. <laughs> okay. So when you talk about your um, plan, one of the things that I think it'd be helpful if you, if, if you kind of build this team is would you ever consider having your team interview the candidate? Oh, absolutely. They yeah, do that? that happens okay. already. Okay, yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Definitely on the hiring uh, staff people that happens right now, but mm -hmm. even on the agent side, okay. uh, generally speaking, <clears throat> um, one of the steps is that if someone's considering coming over here, they join us for one of our Tuesday meetings. Um, and then they kind of, the agents kind of know how to have the post conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And and then when they give 
they give us feedback. Yeah, because so, they're going to be working. Even though they're independent, they're going to be working together. And yeah. you don't want to. You don't want a snake in the office. You don't want. You don't want somebody's no. just going to be cruising and lowering that energy because level. Because look at the trajectory we have right now. You can flip that switch in a moment where somebody comes in and just derails that whole culture. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have that happen. Well, we you were, we were at dinner last night and we were having this conversation about how protective one of your dogs got of. The, the home turf and the core group already. Right, right. That's that's our agents right now, right? Like it would, we would, they're going to be very protective, I guess, of what we've got going on and they want to make sure that someone's going to be able to embrace our unique culture here. I mean, again, for someone to offer to do someone else's lead generation, even though they got no benefit. I mean, that's, our culture here is way, way unique compared to what it is at most of the real estate offices and um, they don't want that screwed up. You know, yeah. they, they love it. So yeah. that's, a, that's a supportive feeling. You know, there's research out there that says that there's this contagion of mindset. So um, there's, there's a study done on, on people who told victim stories. Yep. And that somebody who tells a victim story is contagious. Other people start to tell those same victim stories, and they begin to look at, at the less control they have and, and the reasons why they can't get what they want to get done. So bringing somebody in who's going to tell that kind of a story can be a death knell. And I know I keep saying the same thing, but there's actually research behind that, which is critical. I you always have that, that energy vampire that comes in and, and derails everything that you've planned. Your agents are less excited about being here. They're less excited about selling your brand, of bringing on that high caliber agent that you're looking for, that you're recruiting. Those are your best tools in the marketplace or your own agents and telling your story for you. Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you can, you know, cast the, the, the expectation for the person oh that's just one little thing that that's not really that big an issue they'll be great and you know but but if they if they don't fit your ideal profile don't bring them on no i mean this goes back to things we've said in previous episodes we want people to be celebrated not tolerated and then yeah, you, yeah. we're either as the leadership we're either going to tolerate it or coach it and you know, I'm the toleration word. I, I just want to, I don't want to tolerate anything anymore. Yeah. Like I want to overlook. Yeah. Right. And pretend not to know something. That's yeah. always a bad thing. No one's a big enough producer for, to come in and just screw up exactly what we have. So yeah. the, the team or the group is always going to be bigger than an individual. So you need intentionality. You need a written plan. You need to be time blocking tactics that are measurable, scorable. We know where we're at. And you and Christy both have to be on the same page. Yeah. And I think you also need to have the permission. You have to give the permission to your team. If somebody has a gut reaction like Chrissy did with the admin hire. Yep. You Which hear, later I found out Darcy had the same thing and she didn't speak up. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. You need to hear their opinions. You need to hear their, they, they've got value, real value to add to this. Yeah. And if they're going to be on this team, you have to hear them out. Yeah. I told Darcy that too. And she said, that when she told me that, I was like, Darcy, like, that's why I have you talk to them. Because I, I, you know what we have here. And I value that more than anything. Like, I want you to tell me what your, what your feeling is. So. So that leads back to something that could be fall into the comfort bucket. You get so comfortable with what you do. You don't, you're in your own, own business, your own thing that you don't necessarily, um, think to tell somebody something when you had that feeling, you feel it, you, I'll get to it later. So intentionality again, we got to bring it back to intentionality. So maybe 
maybe it's the follow-up from on my end with them yeah making sure that happens and then they'd understand just how importantly you take that yeah that would be so, a good tweak to the hiring process. You know, we talked about that yes. a little bit last episode. It's just like every step that's going away, making sure that I'm following up with the people. I don't necessarily need to follow up with the candidate, but I need to follow up with the people who are responsible for that step to kind of know, hey, where's the progression, where we're at, whatever else. That'd be so, a good tactic in the plan. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is, absolutely. Have you sat down with your team and said, okay, what do you want to own in this hiring plan, this recruiting plan? You know, raise your hand. Tell me what you want to do. And and. Maybe create a team recruiting effort. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. And we, so we, we kind of do that a little bit. Like we, we tell them if they work with someone who they think would be a good fit here to let us know kind of who that is. And I'm, I'm telling you, it happens. It might happen once a year. And usually that person's a broker or something like that. And it's not going to, it's not going to hit. So. Is there an incentive plan for your agents to help you recruit? Yeah. For the office to be better. I mean, I sh- I, I, but I'm asking, uh, uh, you know, I think we have a failure to communicate. There's some no, but I think abilities at the, there at the same time, though, if I think if you start giving these like $500 bonuses or, you know, whatever percentage like you, then you start getting it. You maybe get it started getting a little watered down of what you like. They're doing it for the incentive and not necessarily for what the real mm-hmm. purpose is. So they maybe have a, it's coaching paid for. Maybe it's signage paid for maybe it's not necessarily a dollar amount that's given but more of a i'm going to help buy into your business a little bit more and take you to the next level yeah it had to be pretty small then maybe it's we you know pay for their mailer to go out one month or bite-sized pieces yeah and we we uh, reward the referral not necessarily the the result because offline christy and i as we were looking at your new office space we were talking about um your offices upstairs and the the nice big enclosed office space yeah and who gets to use that and why yeah and that's a great incentive yeah from a recruiting standpoint or just from production both yeah so you may have to come up with two great offices (laughs) up there so for a a prime candidate coming in you know you're already producing at these levels so you get to come into this but in order to keep earning your right to use this office you have to level up but, you know, it's, I, I kind of get Mike's point about the consequences versus the ownership. Because if it's consequences, then I'm kind of just in that consequence model because we're writing a book about this, so kind of fresh in mind. But, you know, this concept of, of I, I've taken ownership and, and you're listening to me and I have, I have influence over what this place looks like, that's, that's a big deal too. Right, that's a huge deal. And that's where I really would rather go versus some sort of incentive. Nothing wrong know. with its spiffs. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But it's not the primary cause, I don't think. I agree with that. And it goes back to rewarding the behavior, too. I mean, you all have children. I do not. But you reward behavior, not the outcomes. Would you like to? No, thank you. (laughs) I love my nephews. (laughs) No, I got two good ones, so I'm not getting rid of them. I keep trying to get your kids to come to my house. (laughs) We'll trade. We'll do a trade. I got two you can Five for two. Five, there you go. Four-legged yeah. variety oh, versus the two-legged. Legged. You're right. Five. No, no. Five so you got two. they got they got the grown the grown adult people that I don't want to have any part of. So <laughs> I'll keep this right. By the way, had CJ CJ called me this morning. He called me and said, you know, I need to call Mike, and I said, yes, you do. Yeah. And he said he would, and I'm glad to hear he did. Yeah. CJ's by the way the oldest for those of you listening. Oldest just kid. bought a house. Just, just bought a house. house from a realtor. Yep. Who was not a white hat because there was not a white hat in the area, but the white hat that I'm coaching, Mike Gandolfo, did his research very well and 
connected our son with a really good realtor. There we go. So we can do that for you too. If you need another real estate agent in another market, reach out to us, coach at lawnlifepro.com, and I'll find you a great agent in another market. All right, so I'm doing all the talking here. We want to talk about recruiting. Sure. Get, get granular, get tactics. And we've got Christy here, yep. and I want, to, I want to pick her brain. So, Mike, what are you struggling with the most? Let's start with that, and then you guys work it out. Oh, what am I struggling with the most? Um, I think what I, in the past, I've always got like the brand new agents and just wanted to kind of just coach them up and whatever else. And I've kind of realized that they need to have another person kind of setting the bar versus Chrissy and I, like they're, they're, we needed to probably have a little bit more of influence of, of experienced agents. I've always been nervous about bringing on experienced agents because they typically, I I'd have to break a lot of bad habits to kind of fit what we do here. And, um, you know, I, I think the casual listener who's not in the real estate business probably thinks that real estate's pretty much done all one way, but it's, it's really not. And, um, and then just because of the u- uniqueness of how we approach things, uh, making sure that people fit and align with that is, is, uh, it's just been easier for me to take new people. So, you know, now I'm kind of, getting that value proposition together for an experienced agent to come over here and making it not all about money. And, uh, uh, but at at the same time, I feel like we've worked through that. So our, our, our ideal form is for us to have somewhere, you know, 15 to 18 agents here. Uh, maybe, maybe as many as 20. Um, and having basically, four or five on that top producer producer line that just that that really upper upshot line uh, a good chunk in the middle and then maybe another four or five um or three or four in the in the very beginning stages the brand new person and with the you know the the push for teams right now is huge in the real estate business um i think a lot of agents who are producers have a little anxiety about going that route and we almost want to have this, and we have this culture of how everyone helps each other out like it's almost like a uh, uh, when the when the upper echelon agent gets too overwhelmed about what they've got going on, they've got this pool of brand new agents who need the experience, and they can rely on that mm-hmm. and and kind of know that they don't have to necessarily go get a team, but when that person's there, they they have that access to that person. Well, you've developed a culture of a team within your brokerage where you're all helping one another. And that is exciting for someone that doesn't want to build a team as a, as an experienced agent, as a top producer, so to say, but have that pool to draw from. It's, it's a, it's a very value added proposition for it, for a person to come on board because it's not all about money it's not always about splits it's about what is the value add what's the proposition that you can provide to me that xyz is not doing right now right and not appreciating me yeah and that's a big one right now i mean that's what i'm hearing from a lot of the people that were that we are recruiting is that appreciation piece and um you know and it's reminded me that I need to keep on, you know, appreciating the ones I've got, you know, so it's been very important. You re-recruit your agents every single day. Yeah, absolutely. I've always said that you go to bed and you get to decide, am I coming back the next day as an agent? Right. And what did my broker do to want me to come back? Christy, that is gold. That is a mic drop. Yeah, that's good. Mike, you need to paint that on your wall somewhere and, you know. Well, when we talk about it, we talk about that we're constantly going to work to be their best option while they're working to be our best option. Uh, it's got to be a it's got to be a both and there. I mean, they the second that one of those uh, 
goes away where we're not working to be their best option or they're not working to be our best option like that's probably the time that is time to move on so you know we're, we're focusing on adding value to them every way we can so what's the plan for the plan when you get back from vacation mike uh <coughs> the plan for the plan the what are you going to do to get the plan in place well the plan will have to be in place um first off this is actually came out of my other coaching call is while i'm in this long layover in salt lake city utah is getting stuff structured for at home so that the so that i'm paying the price for the distractions that could happen at home that first week of school um so like all the grocery shopping is going to be done so that when we get off the flight i can just go in the little pickup line and they can put it in my trunk and all that kind of, i mean i'm going to utilize the downtime that we have in layovers just to kind of really um, make sure that structurally any of those distractions are minimized as much as possible more intentional with your time yeah, <clears throat> yeah time blocking and that would be the next piece because then we'll come through and it's like okay so now what does this week look like for us you know you've got the back to school meetings and all that kind of stuff that have to happen like make sure everything's laid out and then we have those time blocks in place so that we can um, execute and, and get the stuff done we need to get done this august and hopefully not hopefully jackie will have all of our popeyes done so we'll know the popeye schedule we've got to go do jackie will also have scrubbed the list of candidates that we have and we'll know uh, where we need to go with on the interview process with those to kind of launch that uh, directive as well. I'd like to make an offer, even though I shouldn't, but I'm okay. gonna. All right. <laughs> I I give too much. You guys all have to rein me in on, on always service. Uh, but that said, I'm gonna negate that. We, I think it would be important in this process, Mike, to add in a coach's conversation with your prospects that you're recruiting as agents yeah we talked about us doing that and yeah. I, I definitely wanted i want to for sure do that i think we us getting that scheduled would be a good kind of first week tactic all right so in. a tactic in that recruiting plan is to get me in the schedule once they're all calendarized and we formalize those conversations and you want to do it in person i uh, to the to my no i don't have the capacity okay but we could do this Zoom call. I just owned it. You said no. You I'm, put I'm a like, boundary. That was awesome, Kristen. That was awesome. Celebrate yeah. it. Yes. I don't have the capacity to do that. They'll have to be Zoom calls. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Yeah, we'll do a Zoom call. Do you want to do it as a group or individual? You want to do it as I want to do them as individuals. Really? Okay. Yes, because yeah. I want to – there's a process I have, and we're going to have a conversation. They're going to come into it with an understanding. They think they're getting interviewed by me. I'm not an HR function. I don't interview. I ask coaching questions. Yeah. I find out their coachability for you. Sure. They will say things to me. They will not tell you right. in an interview. And I will tell them, I will not make a recommendation on hiring. I will not come back to you, Mike, and say, oh, that's your best candidate. I will say, here's what I loved about their coachability. Here's where I saw some red flags about how they think about working in a team culture or they're a little iffy about scoring. So I'm going to give you data points that you wouldn't get in an interview that then you can make a better informed hiring decision or offer offering yeah. decision. So we're going to have to not let any of the candidates listen to this particular podcast. <laughs> no, it's okay. They can know what's going on. That's all right. There's probably only one of them. Oh, maybe two. Maybe two of them. But as you said, Michael, there's there's a, oh, we're having a nice little conversation. They have no idea what I'm hearing. And then all of a sudden I go, hmm, yeah, what about this? Yeah. yeah. And it just 
you know, mind blowing for a second. All right. So Christy, what were the, some of the secrets to your recruiting strategies? What were you doing? Oh, goodness. Were you playing a numbers game? Were you trying to get out there? No, really quality over quantity. Always, 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 always. Um, the focus as a, a ratio of just like you said, new agents, new licensees that you can mold and, and really form to your culture, your style to that middle echelon of agent, which I always found my, my better recruits, mm-hmm. my more time was spent on that middle tier agent as opposed to that higher end agent. Those higher end agents tend to take care of themselves. They, they yeah. do, but they're looking for a level, and we talked about it, that yeah. appreciation. Yeah. That's the piece they are missing. They sure. know they can do their own business. They know they have the ability to lead Jen. They know they have all of those things, but they're looking for that appreciation of point, of that component. But that middle tier agent is missing the link of how do I get from 10 million or, or 15, whatever that middle tier is for your marketplace or for your brokerage. How do I get to that 20? How do I get to from five to 10? Sure. And they don't always find that or they don't always want to listen at the first brokerage or the second brokerage that they've gone to because they look at the grass and they say, oh, it's greener over there. Well, my comment always is, is yes, but it still has to be mowed. Mm-hmm. So how can I help and we you? Did. Uh, and we did. Yeah. yeah. And we did too. <laughs> but how can I help you? How as a broker, how as a brokerage, can I feed in and be a value added to that? So that middle tier agent was always one showing up and this is time consuming it, it is i wasn't listing and selling yeah so i could spend that time recruiting but showing up showing up to events being involved in the board being looked at as a resource as a source for someone to come ask a question without judgment without being able to go my broker won't answer my questions and oh my gosh you did but having that value add, showing up, being there, building those rapports, building those relationships, and asking the right questions at the right time, because you can tell when they're at that open house and they have that question or they're feeding into you, you see that ground opening up to where you go, I've got them. They're ready to make a move. Now I can begin more selling than just rapport building sure. with them. Yeah. Love it. I mean, what I hear you say too is like, you know, <clears throat> the, the the thing I said about the brand new agents coming in. I want those brand new agents to come in and feel the feel the culture, feel the buzz, and feel like like almost feel what their expectations are. You know, and there's those scenarios, those situations that are obviously you step in. It's like, okay, I'm here. I'm supposed to help everybody out. And I'm supposed to produce. Like you can you can pick up on that pretty quickly. Um, you know, we talk about taking that person and giving them the change of habits. You know, you know exactly where I'm going with this. The change of habits to that, it, the habits it takes to to get to that stability level in your business, and then once you're there, it's the change of mindset, embracing that business owner mindset, so that you can become more efficient. Or as Michael says, you know how you can take the tools that you have available to you right now, optimize those tools, and then what you can do to create capacity in your business to continue to grow. Yeah. Resource for change. I haven't finished the book yet. But I want to recommend it to everybody. It's the book's called Change: How to Get How to Change How to Change How to Get from Where You're At to Where You Want to Go. By by who, Mike? A milkman. Katie Milkman. Um, 
this was a big conversation at dinner last night. Yes. This is how <laughs> exhilarating the conversation at dinner <laughs> yeah. was that we're it's trying to <laughs> talk about the how you how pronounce, to pronounce milk. milk. M I L K. Ilk. Milk. Not milk. M E L K. Elk has four legs, and they run through northern Michigan. Oh, geez. All right. So that's a good resource for change. I can bring it back. I, I, uh, I downloaded it on Audible. I've got it on my Kindle. So I'm, I'm, I'm promising you that by the time I get back from Cabo, that book will be done. And I'm promising you when you get back from Cabo, that book will be done. Okay. Hopefully the last half, last half is as good as the first half. So. Yeah, there's some there's there's some good suggestions in it. It's like any book. There's there's nuggets, you know. All the book is, you know, you got to have so many pages, but... There's some good, good tools, good, um, good direction, you know, in, in psychology, you talk about coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. These are some mechanisms that will help you cope with change and drive change forward. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to read that book as well. All right. What else we got? Christy. So with that plan, you've got to get it written. Yeah. Are you going to write it while you're on vacation yes. or are you going to be on vacation? No, no. I'm going to, um, well, I'm going to use my plane rides and my layovers. I'm, when I'm in, when yeah. I'm in uh, Mexico, I'm going to be in Mexico. Be in Mexico. Good. When be I'm, in Mexico. Um, although there's you know, someone that we both know is going to be with us that's going to – we'll have a lot of really high-quality conversation. And then, um, then, yeah, but then when I'm in the plane and when I'm in the airports, I'm going to maximize those times. So. And then you're going to also block your time. So 45 minutes, what's the non-negotiable you train and teach your agents, right? There's non-negotiables in their day that they have to spend on lead generation. Yeah. Are you going to block in those non-negotiables while you're on vacation on the layovers of those non-negotiables to recruit? Yes, I think in, I think that has to happen. I mean, I think uh, the way that we've done it in the past is I try to have very structured mornings so I can be a little bit more free spirit in the afternoons and that's worked out pretty well for me and you know I should know by noon whether or not I've, I've won the day or not so yeah, I agree with you morning time is the best time to do those yeah. types of components because then you have that free spirit time or the oh shit time that I've oh, always been told to, to play in sorry she spent the weekend with me so is that far. What, it is? what do you expect? I'm you, why, you know, it's okay. We can be explicit once. <laughs> okay. Oops. Yeah. New girl said what bad word. Um, <laughs> but that's so very important because you have a business that you're growing. You have children. Yep. You have agents that need you. And at the afternoon time, you have less control over that schedule. Yeah. So do it in the morning. Yep. Get it done. Knock it out. Schedule those it's, appointments in the afternoon. Like if I need to do that, mm -hmm. though, the meet them face to face. But we can do a lot of the other stuff in the morning. So it's that simple, Mike. Yeah, it is. I've done that. Done it before. I know that's probably my biggest frustration overall, is that I've done these things before and I've seen how much they've paid off. But yet it's still so hard to kind of get back on that horse, right? So and you can do it again. That's right. Done it before you can do it again. All right. I think we're done. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time on the Align Life Pro. You have been listening to Next Level by the Align Life Pro. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to coach at alignlifepro.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.